I think mm-hmm. God's saying, why do you got to figure that out? Why haven't you come back mm-hmm. to what, what I said? If you stay grounded in me, I will take care of that for mm-hmm. you. We know how hard it is to parent kids, especially in this digital age. Sometimes, people can be very hard on you and your parenting style. And if you allow these comments to affect you, you can really go haywire. Now, that's one. Imagine how hard it is when you're not only parenting but also working from home. In this episode of Above Babies podcast, we'll welcome our guest, Sunny Galt. We'll be talking about working from home with kids, and we'll also be talking about how our faith can affect how we parent our children. Thank you for listening to Above Ruby's podcast, created by a mom for every mom and parents, for that matter, embracing parenthood insanity. Here to help you get by through weekly discussions on parenting, relationships, home, and faith as you juggle daily in life. to Above Ruby's podcast, where we talk about marriage, faith, parenting, relationship, and sanity. I am your host, Lynn, and with me right is Sunny Galt, who is my colleague at Zencaster. She's someone I look up to and someone I consider a coach in podcasting. In fact, <laughs> we just had a quick one-on-one session about podcasting before we <laughs> recorded this. <laughs> and we just ended our team meeting. Actually, we left early. How are you, Sunny? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for inviting uh, me to be on your show, Lynn. Thank you for squeezing your time for me. So we both know that, you know, we're, we're both working from home, thanks to Zencaster. And, and we're doing that with kids on the side. But I'm curious, how long have you been working from home? Oh, my goodness. Well, for a very long time. I'm trying to do the math in my head. I used to work for radio and TV stations. That's kind of how I got my start. Yeah. So I went to school for that. Mm-hmm. And then about the time that I got married, so when I married my husband, I had to move to where he was. We were actually doing the long distance yeah relationship thing relationship Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a story in itself but he was here in california where i live now and at the time i was working at a tv station in washington state so it was still like i was at the top of (laughs) the country he was at the bottom of the country yeah and so when i moved to san diego where we live now Again, he was already here, and I started freelancing mm-hmm. and doing some work for the local TV stations here. And then I just felt like nice. it wasn't a good fit. You know, I love mm-hmm. media. I've been doing media my whole life. I knew from a very early age that that was my skill set. That's what I just love to do. But yeah. I never really felt like television was it or radio was it. I felt like, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I had this idea that there was something else, which obviously, Dad, there's the internet now, but the internet really, you know, was not a yep. thing back then, right? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I started freelancing and then YouTube, someone created YouTube and I went, well, now that's interesting, right? Yep. I was like, oh my goodness, you mean kind of dive into what you said earlier, Lynn, about us working from home. I was like, you mean 
I can create content in my pajamas while I'm raising my kids. And Mm -hmm. I have the best of both worlds because in the television world, you have to be so committed Mm. to working and you work on holidays. And if you don't want to do it, there's someone right behind you that's ready to take your place. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible feeling, honestly. It's Mm. not like a camaraderie. You know, it's not like a a group that supports each each other. Maybe there's some, (laughs) I don't want to generalize. But generally speaking, the higher you climb up the ladder, the more cutthroat it is. And Mm. I just didn't want that. I just, that's just not me. I just don't operate that way. And so YouTube was really my first opportunity to start creating content from home. And I started doing less and less of the freelance work where I was getting paid X amount of dollars per day. I would go into the TV stations and I'd be a reporter or I'd do whatever. And I started doing less and less of that and more and more of the stuff online. And it got to a point where we were um, trying to start a family. And I was like, well, why am I going to get a job now? That Mm -hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. What if they just let me go once they find out I'm pregnant? But it took us, it ended up taking us a couple years to get pregnant. But that was my Mm -hmm. idea. I was like, well, that's silly. Why would I do that? Now I can produce this (laughs) stuff from home. So why don't I try to figure out how to make a career doing this online stuff while I'm pregnant, while I'm, you know, you know, in those early stages. And anyways, that's how I started working online. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, with the company we're working at now, we won't really feel that what you described. You don't feel threatened that <laughs> you won't have a job the following day or, or week. So that's really nice. What does Sunday's actual day look like? This sounds <laughs> this sounds like a digital nomad interview. <laughs> this is becoming more and more of a digital nomad interview. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know what that is, that is the podcast yes. that we're working on now for Zencaster, and it interviews like all of the people that work for Zencaster and tells the story of Zencaster. Well, I mean, you know, as far as uh, what my day mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. like, it is insane. It is a balance of at least between five and ten different things. And my kids are—I have four kids. They range between age 10. My oldest son is 10. Then I have another son who's eight. And then I have twin girls that are seven. Mm -hmm. And right now, they're learning from home right now, right? Um, Because of COVID. But they were on this kind of schedule where they would go to school, you know, sometime during the day and they'd be home for part of the time as well. But it's a lot to manage, right? So I have to try to keep them on track when they do have to go to school, it's tough because I got to drop my schedule, you know, whatever meetings I have planned or whatever, I got to go do that. And then I got to come back. So that's just one facet of my day is older now, but they still need me a lot. Like I'm sure while we do this interview, I'm going to have like at least five times a kid is going to come in here and need something, right? (laughs) Yes. And your audience (laughs) understands what that's like. So that's just (laughs) one facet of my day. Obviously, Zencaster plays a big role in it as well. So I am working on different podcasts for Zencaster. I am going back and forth on social media with everybody. Mm. And then, so I do that throughout the day. But I feel like, and my schedule really does need to be revamped a little bit because I do have other projects, like my own podcasts that I work Mm -hmm. on and and running all of that. And I'll be honest, like I end up having a very strange work schedule where 
there's really not set times for set mm-hmm. things because I do have to be kind of fluid, but there may be yeah. days that I'm working mm-hmm. really, really late and days that I'm up really, really early working on something. And I just try to make it all fit. I'm not sure it's the best for health purposes. I do drink an abnormal amount of coffee, which mm-hmm. probably isn't the best thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, it, it is a constant uh, balance, you know, just trying to find that balance between being a mom and having all these projects. But it's also a huge blessing because I get to enjoy my kids in a way that most people, you know, I don't have to, Mm -hmm. we do use babysitters and stuff. Like when my husband and I want to go out and have a date night or something like that. But really like if my kids are sick, like we had this happen uh, Mm -hmm. right before uh, Thanksgiving break here in the U.S. The kids had some time off um, from school And one of my kids started to feel sick and the schools right now, if you feel sick at all, you have to stay home. Well, I Mm. thought he was just going to be home for like a day. And then I contacted the school and I said, oh, he has, you know, a little bit of a sore throat. And they said, oh, it's an automatic 10 days out if he even has a sore throat. Yeah. And then they're worried about COVID, right? So I was like, really? oh my goodness. Like it wasn't a huge, I was more concerned about a, how does this impact the attendance schedule from, you know what I mean? Because my son has like perfect attendance and he really stresses Mm -hmm. out about that. Like Mm -hmm. he really wants perfect attendance. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with that? Um, But the schools went through and this year they're not holding people to attendance at all. Like that doesn't count against you at all because of this. But yeah, it was an Mm. automatic 10 days out. And then his siblings, my other children were impacted by this as well because they lived with him. So I went from having Mm. a kid wake up with a sore throat that I thought was going to be, okay, maybe we'll just keep him home for this one day to having four kids out for 10 days. Now, how would I have been able to handle that with a regular job? What if I had a job where I had to go in every day? Yes. Like I, exactly. I know. So, take care of the kids. I, you know, it, hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm complaining because I think I am so blessed to be able to do what I do mm-hmm. and be here with my kids and also be able to support my family and do that kind of stuff. But I think for all of us, it's all a challenge. You know, we're living in uncertain times. Yeah. And uh, like most things with parenting, you kind of just have to what, do what I call rolling with the punches. Like if you get mm-hmm. hit, you know, you, you roll with the punch, you go back with the punch or to the side with the punch. You don't go against <laughs> it. You don't want to hurt yourself anymore. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. roll with the punches. And, and I remember most of it. during one of our, I mean, when you showed your screen, because we have a, a behind the screen segment during all hands meeting at work and you you kind of mentioned sometimes you spend 16 hours <laughs> of your time yeah. uh, on your computer so I was like wow Sunny's really working yeah. really really hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think a lot of that is because again I don't want to like sound like mm-hmm. I'm complaining but if my kids come in and need something you know what it's like it's a mental shift. It's like, Mm. oh, I have to stop doing what I'm doing right now. I've got to shift my attention to my child. And then it can take a little bit of time to get back into a rhythm with your work, right? Exactly. And I find that to probably be one of the biggest struggles that I have is I feel like I'm I'm 42 years old. I feel like I'm getting to the point where I start forgetting things a little bit more. Like, what was I doing? I was doing something. And then my son came in and needed something. And then I'm, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get back on track to where I was. So anyways, that's one of the things that I'm working on is a little bit more of the time management. But yeah, it's... You just started 
feeling that I'm already yeah. <laughs> I'm 32 and I already I'm already forgetting a lot of things. Sunday. That might be just mommy brain. There's a difference between mommy brain and oh, this is what getting older is really like. <laughs> okay, I take note of that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. And the, now that you're talking about that, I kind of appreciate that I work at night. Yeah. And then I don't get to, you know, I my attention is full with work because when my son is awake, he also needs my attention. Yeah, totally. So, totally. <laughs> okay, looking at it at a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and now now let's talk about your kids or let's let's talk about kids in general. We know that okay. they have different personalities. Do you ever have to deal with sibling rivalry, especially that you have twins? And you, of course, you have cute twins, beautiful twins, who are minimis, Sunday minimis. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are. Thank you for that. I. Uh, Yes. Do I have to deal with sibling rivalry? I joke with my children that I am a referee. (laughs) That is my part-time job or it feels like a full-time job, right? I am there to determine who did what and why and how do we resolve this and how do we prevent this from happening again? That is like one of my full-time jobs that I do. And it's frustrating. And one of the things that I'm starting to do And the jury is out as to whether or not this is a good thing. I'm hoping it's a good thing. But I started putting it back on my kids. I started saying, okay, you guys are fighting about, you know, Mm. time on the computer. I need you guys to go into a room and come up with a compromise on what is going to work. And then you come out and you present it to me and I'll tell you if I think that's fair. Because I don't have the mental capacity to, you know, go through yeah. all of these cases every day and figure it out. And I'm trying to teach them that it's not mm-hmm. always going to go their way. It's not always this person wins or that person wins. A lot yeah. of times in life, it's a compromise. And they've got to start figuring this stuff out on their own. I cannot be the mediator for every single problem that happens because with four kids, They're all upset about something at some point during the day, you know, and it's like, I'm dealing with my own stuff. You have got to figure this out yourself. So I've started to do that a little bit more. And if they can't come up with a compromise, then nobody gets what they want. So that's the incentive. Work on this, figure it out, Mm -hmm. present it to me, and I'll tell you if that's going to work. Because the other thing that I have to do too is, you know, especially with the twins, I find that one is usually just gives the other person everything. They're just like, okay, she just gets it all. Oh. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you need to stand yeah. up for yourself a little <laughs> really? bit here. I yeah. didn't notice that. No, no, it happens. Yeah, it can totally happen. And it just depends on their personalities. Mm-hmm. Like my one daughter doesn't like to fight about stuff. She doesn't oh, She yes. doesn't want to see her sister upset. You know, they've got a very close relationship. Mm-hmm. So she is a very feely person. Yeah. She doesn't want to see her sister upset. So she'll just cave. And I'm like, you can't do that all the time in life. You cannot let people just come in here and run you over. So Mm -hmm. what is it that you want? What is it she wants? Discuss this, figure out a solution, and then you can come tell me what that is and I'll let you know what I think. So anyway, (laughs) I deal with sibling rivalry all the time, all the time. Uh, you know, there's a funny, well, it, it's not a joke because it, it happens in the Philippines where the moms who get tired of their kids fighting over, they just go to the kitchen and grab some knife and just 
Give them the knife. Okay, you kill each other. <laughs> kill each other. Do what you need to do. And I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that's a really good idea. If I ever have another child, I might do that. <laughs> but I don't know yet. You have yeah, to wait the until age. they're a certain age, right? You can't do this mm-hmm. with toddlers. Right? Oh, yeah, there comes course. a point where you have just, you know, in those kind of situations, I have to do this with my middle son because, mm-hmm. again, he's a pretty emotional kid. And so he gets upset really oh. easily. And I mm-hmm. will have to, you know, kind of talk to him a little bit differently and I'll have to give him choices. So I may start it off and be like, oh. you're having trouble deciding, you know, what's going on here. Do you want to do this or do you want to do this? And I usually keep it to two different options. Do you do this? Do you mm-hmm. do that? And and then it's like, because mm-hmm. he, he, what he does is he gets frustrated because there's too many things he could choose or whatever. So I'm helping him mm-hmm. by narrowing mm-hmm. it down. And then usually, you know, he, he's okay. So I say that just to say, obviously, every child is different. There may be some kids that you cannot yep, say, go into exactly. a room and figure it out. But I know, especially with my twins, mm-hmm. they are around each other 24-7. They know each other, you know, super duper yeah. well. They were born, they literally, Lynn, oh, wow. they were born the same minute. I had a C-section and they came out, the, one came out at the top of the minute, the other one came out at the bottom of the minute. So, Oh my gosh, can you even tell? What about the birthright? Like who was the <laughs> well, eldest? Well, child? the one girl did come out, you know, 30 seconds before the other one. So we still say that, you know, she was born first. Uh, but the, the point being is that they have always been together, you know, always been together. Yeah, and so I know exactly. in saying to them, you guys figure this out. They're the same. They're identical twins. So they're the same size, mm-hmm. everything. I can send them into a room. I can say, figure it out. And I know that will work. If I try to send like my daughter in with my oldest son, is that going to work as well? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know if I have enough information to be able to say that. So all that to say that every kid is a little bit different. You may not be able to do that with all your kids, but maybe it's an option. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's nice. That's good. And well, with your twins, because I've seen yeah. them during meetings, I really cannot tell who's, I know. who's who. <laughs> <laughs> that's how identical they are. Coming up next, we talk about our faith and how it affects how we parent our children. Don't go away. We'll be right back. For your daily dose of inspirational proverbs, visit us on Facebook and Instagram. Simply search Above Ruby's blog. Want to know more about podcasting and connect with podcast virtual assistants? Join us in our exclusive Facebook group. Simply search Podcast BAs Philippines. Okay, so let's talk about your faith. Okay. Um, when did you come to know Christ as your Lord and oh, Savior? my goodness. Did you grow up in a Christian home or... I did grow up in a Christian home. I went to a private Christian school growing up until I was ready to go to, into sixth grade. And that's when I transferred over to public schools. But so I was I was raised in the church. Yeah. But I don't know that it really, uh, there's a couple different milestones that I think back on. Going to a Christian school, they still wanted you to go through the process when you were ready of officially accepting Christ into your life. It was never a, we're just going to assume that you're all saved and you've asked. It it was, if you want our help, we had chapel every Monday. So we'd have like a message Mm -hmm. and the whole, you know, church, well, it was a school, but it felt like a church, you know, all the kids would get together and there would be some sort of message that they gave on Mondays Mm -hmm. and always ended with, if you want to ask Jesus into your heart, just go talk to one of your teachers and they will help lead you to Christ. Oh, that's and nice. I never remembered doing it outside of making that choice in school. And it was oh. kind of weighing on my heart, weighing on my heart. I think I was in first grade. And I 
decided today's the day I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I felt like I was just kind of on my heart going, okay, Sunny, are you ready? You got to make a commitment. Are you going to do this? What are you going to do? And I'll never forget it because my teacher, Mrs. Hirschman, see, it's so funny how you remember your teacher's names. Um, (laughs) Mrs. Hirschman, she had all of these kids up by her desk. Like everybody wanted her for something. And I was Mm -hmm. a pretty shy student. And so I came up to her and in my little shy voice, and I just said, Mrs. Hirschman, I want to ask Jesus to be in my heart. And at first she didn't hear me. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to say it again. And I had to say a little bit louder, which was tough because there's all these kids up at the front, right? And so I said a little bit louder. And Lynn, do you know, she stopped everything she was doing. All of the kids asking her questions. She left her desk. She took my hand out into the hall and she prayed with me. Aw, that's really nice. And I'll never forget it. I mean, there was no video of it. So I have Mm. all these memories. You know, it can't be something you watched on video. There were no photos taken of this. I remember her praying with me. I think that's just something. And I just got the chills now. (laughs) I think that's something. God's just going to keep with me because I think that was the first time that I really reached out and, and accepted him. And I was like, this is something, it was my choice. No one forced me to do it. Yes, you know, exactly. I'd been going to church for a long time by then, mm-hmm. you know, I know what, six, seven years old, but still I'd been going to church for as long as I can remember, but I had not made that commitment. Yeah. And then, so that was the first time, but then you know how life goes. You know, I continued to go through the Christian school and then I went to public schools. I will say that the first, my family's church growing up really didn't do much for my walk overall with Christ. Like I didn't really Mm -hmm. connect with the church, but back then, you know, I mean, my whole family went there. It's not like I had an option to go to another church. It just, you know, I I wasn't even thinking along those lines. I was just thinking, this is boring. I was like, eh, oh, okay, yeah. you know, we got to go to church every week. Blah, you know, it's oh. just, it was just boring. Um, I would try I to sleep in. Too, yeah, yeah. It, it I would, felt I, like a routine. A routine. That's exactly what it was, and I just wasn't connecting with anything. But I knew, you know, looking back, I knew that God had a hold of me. You know, I had accepted Him yeah. in first grade. He knew, you know, that I was His. And I think sometimes yes. you have to go through just. There's just so much happening, you know, when you're an adolescent. And mm-hmm. sometimes I it's agree. hard to, anyway, we really didn't have a church that really, really talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and I think that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, if you're not just grabbing hold of the Holy Spirit every day and saying, lead me, guide me, I'm yours, then you yeah. can be taken yeah. on so many rabbit holes in your life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't really have that. The church that we were going to just didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. So it really wasn't until I was like my mid-20s. Oh, I know what it was. I was almost 25 because oh. I remember thinking, I remember mm-hmm. thinking I'm a quarter of a century year, years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I was yet. 25 because I was moving around for my job. I had, you know, I was working at TV and radio stations mm-hmm. and I have like two-year contract here and then I would move to another place and have a two-year contract there. And so I was in Washington yeah. State mm-hmm. and... I was trying to find a church and the church that I found was a spirit filled okay. church. It was, it was a four square church. If anyone's familiar with four square churches uh-huh. and I, I, I am. Yeah. We have okay. four, four square. Okay. Churches That's what it was. And I had never been to a four square square church yep. before, but there was something about it that I was like, I think I'm supposed to be here. And 
in going to that church, they had a drama team and I'd always been involved in drama growing up in my life. Ah, yes. And so I'm like, oh my yeah. goodness, you mean like my drama skills can be related to church? Like there was this light bulb yeah. that went off. And I was like, that is mm -hmm. so cool. So mm -hmm. I joined the church's drama team. So I don't know if it was every Sunday or whatever, but we would get up and we would, you know, put on, you know, some sort of a scene from the Bible or whatever. I just loved it. It was like grabbing mm, all of these things nice. that were so important to me in my life and connecting them. And I never really thought that, you know, oh, God gave me these gifts. Of course he did. But like, I didn't go through that mental process of, you know why you like theater so much, Sonny? Because God gave you that. You're supposed to like that. That is something yeah. that mm -hmm. you can use for God's glory. Mm -hmm. Like that was not... That wasn't something yeah. that, again, you go back to my church growing up, and we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. So yep. it wasn't until I went to this mm -hmm. Foursquare church that I realized that I had been baptized as a baby, but I had not gone through the process of choosing to be baptized and making that commitment. And, and I feel like the Holy Spirit uh -huh. really just put it on my heart to say, this is something publicly you need to do because I have physically changed you. And this is an outward expression of what I've done in your heart. Mm -hmm. And now you need to you need to go through this process again. So I did. And and that set me on a – I haven't been the same since. And that's when I was 25. I'm now 42. Yeah, life has never been the same. Nice. That's awesome. That's a, a wonderful testimony. Mine was a little bit different. I grew up in a Christian church too. I already shared it with you. I'm a pastor's kid. And there were doubts. I would accept Jesus now. And then because I was too young, two years later, I would say, did I really accept Jesus wholeheartedly yep. that yep. time? <laughs> and then I would – I would do it again. I did that too. <laughs> I'd pray I, that prayer. I, I did it several times. <laughs> yes, I did that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, oh, maybe I should do it again. <laughs> just in case you didn't hear that the first time, God, let me say that again. Yeah. I think we all do that. <laughs> just in case it was not wholeheartedly right. prayed that the last time. I'll say right. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it again. But yeah, it's, it's awesome. And how has your faith affected the way you raise your kids now? Oh my now? goodness. I feel... Like, it's always interesting. I never know how much to talk to them about this because I never, my mm. greatest fear is that my kids are going to feel about church the way I did growing up. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't True. want it to become religion. I don't believe Jesus came mm -hmm. to give us religion. He came to share yeah. with us and to have a relationship with us. And I always want it to come back to how do we practice the principles of the Bible in our everyday lives? Because if you're just going to church and going through the motions, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything. You know, just like, you know, mm -hmm. sleeping in your garage doesn't exactly. make you a car. You know, you, you have <laughs> to like, you have to fully embrace this. And to do this, you can't separate your personal life from your spiritual life. It's all the same thing. And so I've started, now that they're a little bit older, I've started to talk to them a little bit more about stuff. Here's the big thing for parents. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to do this, don't suppress or don't hide what you're doing in the faith, okay? So for example, yesterday, mm -hmm. okay. I really felt like I needed to put on praise and worship music and just praise God. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So here I am in my little production studio here. I didn't have the speakers on my computer on, but I had my headphones on. I was the only person in the room. I shut the door. And that was just so I could concentrate because there was noise and stuff going on out there. And, you know, like I mentioned, my kid's son comes in and he saw me praising and worshiping. I didn't stop just because he came in. I'm not trying to hide anything. And he even asked me, he's Mm -hmm. like, mommy, what are you doing? Well, mommy's praising Jesus. I think our kids need to see that Uh, more, you know? If you have regular time in the Word every day, consider, now sometimes this doesn't work because of schedules and stuff, but consider Mm -hmm. making it a time that your kids can actually see what you're doing. It was recommended to me. I went to a a, I think it was a, a mom's Christian group, uh, Mops, if you've ever heard of Mops. We've got Mops here in the United States. But it's mothers of preschools, but preschoolers, but it's usually mm-hmm. church-based, right? And so it was recommended uh-huh. that um, in your prayer time and in, in your um, Bible reading and you know study time, they said, you know, do it when your kids are awake. I know there's the temptation to do it when everyone's gone to sleep or whenever, you know, before anyone mm-hmm. gets up. But they mm-hmm. said, like, have like a little either candle, it could be a fake candle or whatever, have that represent the Holy Spirit. And when the candle is lit, you just tell your kids, this is mommy's prayer time with Jesus. Okay. So when this candle is lit, you oh, know, nice. mommy's with Jesus and you can watch or what if you want or, you know, do whatever mm-hmm. you want to do, but don't interrupt mommy's time with Jesus. Now, that's not necessarily that you got to do it in, you don't have to do it in a separate room or whatever. But the whole point is like, show them what you do. How are you incorporating this into your life? You know, another thing that I do is when my mm-hmm. kids don't feel good, if they come to me, if they say they have a headache or whatever, the first thing we do is pray. I lay my hands on them and I said, well, we're going to pray. The first thing we're going to do is pray, and then I'll give you some ibuprofen, but first we're going to go to Jesus who heals Mm. everybody. He is the author of miracles, and Mm. no matter what we're going through in life, we should always go to Jesus first. So that's what we do. Mm. I lay hands. I pray. I say, do you have anything that you want to tell Jesus right now? No, mommy, I'm okay, or whatever. You know, sometimes they speak up, sometimes they don't, but we start to implement that. You know, if they have a bad dream. I pray over them. I pray out loud and I say, and I am very intentional about cursing evil spirits. I do that. I I believe that we have, you know, we have the Holy Spirit and then there are demonic things out there in the spiritual realm that will try to attack us. So I speak against, I say, you know, I, I break evil spirits. I bind them. I send them back to hell. I do all of that because I think that's one of the things sometimes we... We get scared to talk about spiritual stuff like this, but that's one of the things that I'm implementing in the conversations with Mm -hmm. my kids. They'll say they had a bad dream and my son was literally having demonic dreams. And that's how I knew that this was starting. And I was like, we are going to bind this. We're going to do whatever. And uh, and and then, Mm -hmm. then, you know, the dreams went away. So I'm just, I just think that bottom line, whatever your rituals are that you do or habits or, you know, however you're worshiping, whatever you're doing with the Lord, let your kids see that. Let them know how important this is to you because they're like little sponges, right? We're teaching them everything. And so much of that is being said without even using words, Mm -hmm. right? They are just watching us. They're watching us and they are repeating what they're doing. So I'm just hoping that this is rubbing off on them. It, it has to be good for them to see this stuff as opposed to me feeling like I have to keep it separate for some reason. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Have they been curious about, the, you know, the Bible and all that? Have they started asking yeah. questions about Jesus? 
Oh, they asked me a lot of questions. Well, our family dog died. We had him for 13 oh, yes. years. He was our first baby. Again, my oldest son is only 10. So we had this dog for yep. a really long time. Huge yes. part of the family, little teacup poodle. And he, he died of old age. He was just, you know, he had a stroke at the end and he passed away. And my daughters yeah. were... They just love this dog. They would pick this dog up all the time and, it, you know, dress him up. I mean, he, the, he was just everything to them. So we were very nervous about how to break the news about death. And I mean, it's not that they didn't know things died, but this was the first thing, first situation that they had where they really had to, yeah. we had to talk yep. about dying. And I had to do a little bit of research, honestly. I... um. I had to kind of figure out because the moment our dog died, we were handed this information. They talk about Rainbow Bridge that they call it, like where all dogs go when they die. And I don't like, you know, is that good theology? I don't know. But, you know, Uh so I had to do a little bit of research and I don't want to get too much into a theological debate here, but I do believe, I I have a hard time believing that things that we love so (laughs) much, like people and animals and things like that in this earth aren't somehow represented in heaven. I have a hard time believing that God would just be like, nah, you know, we're done with that. Now you play a harp. Mm. I don't think that's what heaven is about. Okay. Obviously never been to heaven, whatever. But just my personal take on it is, honey, if you love this animal so much, I do believe that, you know, you're going to be back with this animal. I do believe that, you know, you're going to, that Jesus is going to allow you to see him again. And so it forced us to talk about this. And they've been asking a lot more questions, which I think is good. I I think it's bad that we don't talk about something that for most of us is going to be inevitable, which is death. I think that's a bad thing when we're just like, oh, you're just being morbid and negative. No, like death is part of life. And if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be so scared of death because you have everlasting life. So why aren't we talking about yes. this more? Because people should be exactly. more concerned about what they do Amen. in this life so they can go to the next, right? So anyways, mm-hmm. I feel like they're asking a lot yep. more questions since our dog passed away. And they obviously love this dog to death. <laughs> like literally, they love this dog to uh-huh. death. And so mm-hmm. it's brought up yeah, a lot more conversation. I but I get a lot of questions about spiritual things because when I pray over them and I cast away demons and stuff like that, then they'll ask me some follow-up questions. We had this conversation the other day when I was, I think maybe someone wasn't feeling well. So I was praying over them and it led to this whole conversation about demonic activity and what demons can do to you and whatever. And I had to have a heart to heart with all my kids. And I said, as long as you say in the name of Jesus, leave, they cannot stay. But I, I didn't let them off easy. They said, can demons, you know, mm-hmm. come into my dream? Can they, can they, what? Yes, they can. I know they're seven. I know they're eight. I understand their age, but I yes. think the younger yes, we can exactly. be honest with what's really happening here and also give them the authority, which Jesus has given us to be able to cast those things mm-hmm. out. They, Mm -hmm. this generation has to be raised up knowing who they are in Christ. We've done a pretty poor Mm -hmm. job overall, at least here in the U S we have done a pretty poor job of introducing that. And I think the church is suffering Mm -hmm. because of that, but Jesus has given us this authority to do things in his name. And and the Bible tells us that if you say in the name of Jesus, they can't stand it. If if you, and I also tell them, I'm like, when you Mm -hmm. read your Bibles, read it out loud because the enemy cannot stand the word of God. Yeah. Read it out loud, you know, proclaim it, declare it, Mm. decree it, and it will happen. So these are, Mm. yeah, these are the things that I teach. And the more I talk about it, the more questions they have, but that's good. 
I want them to ask questions. I don't, you know, I don't want them to kind of roll their eyes and be like, oh, mom, mm -hmm. my mom's yeah, the Bible thumper exactly. at it again. Yeah. You know, maybe someday they'll uh -huh. think that, but at mm -hmm. least now mm -hmm. I'm raising them to. <laughs> at least now they're the one asking yes, questions. So they yeah. do. They ask a ton of questions. That is awesome. Yeah. My my son asks questions too. And yeah, I, I wouldn't right. want him to feel like he's being forced right. to like go to church too. And, you know, not do the ministry un unhappily because we all want to do it joyfully <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing is I think when it clicks for us yeah. and it clicks in different ways for different people, but once you realize what it's really about, you can't get enough of it. It is no longer a chore mm -hmm. to do the things that just like I said yesterday, where I felt like I had yeah. to worship. I couldn't wait to leave yeah. what mm -hmm. I was doing <laughs> so I could worship. It it wasn't a, man, I got to do this now. It wasn't a to-do item. It was, I want to spend time with Christ. This is my, this is my time for whatever reason he's called me to do this now and I want to do this. So you just got to, you got to yeah. figure out how is that going to click for your kids? Sometimes we don't know, you know, we can only share what we know, but I think obviously praying over your kids and praying that God leads yeah. them. Uh, I know I had a lot of people praying over me when I was younger and the choices that I've made and the way that I worship and the, the way mm -hmm. that uh, my relationship with Christ is actually very, very different than the rest of my family growing up. They still have more of, not that it's a bad thing, but they connected with Christ yeah. a little bit different way. That kind of church that's mm -hmm. a little bit more mm -hmm. reserved mm -hmm. is, yeah. it works for them. Okay. And they're saved. Like there's nothing wrong with it. I just needed to go about it a different way. And so I think that's yeah. important to realize too, is just because exactly. someone doesn't right. go to the same, you know, is a part of the mm -hmm. same denomination or whatever is you, they're still part of the body of Christ. And, and Jesus created us to be totally yeah. different. We're just different yeah. people. But when we come together as the body is when amazing things happen. And yeah. we have, we've got to recon that recognize nice. that not that's everybody awesome. is ahead. Not everybody are the arms. Not everyone is, we all have our own, you know, we're all a little bit different and that's on, that's by design. Right. And yeah, I, so. I agree with you because like you, you don't really there are some churches, they just say that they're the only ones who only their members get saved. And that, that's just not the way it is. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter where, where you go to as long as you have, you, you no. know, that you are eternally secured in Christ and you've accepted him as your personal savior. Just pick where, wherever you <laughs> you feel like you that's where you god called you to do the ministry that's where you're most yeah. helpful yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i think you have to mm -hmm. let the holy spirit lead you you know and and it's like anything when you first start doing something yeah. it's going to feel weird okay but mm -hmm. i think the more you mm -hmm. pray into it i mean i made that decision again in first grade that i was going to follow christ even though for most of my adolescent life, we went to a church that I didn't connect with. It's not like God mm -hmm. forgot about me. He knew that I'd get to a point where I would find the path that was best for me, where it really connected with my skill yes. set and just everything kind of fit. I mean, it took a while, but we have to let them do that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they'll find it. So... <laughs> that's awesome that's really great wow look <laughs> look at that <laughs> we need another session about our faith <laughs> <laughs> see once i start talking when you're like yeah. shut up oh my god she keeps talking but one more thing i have one more question <laughs> we know that the internet right now is 
we are now trying to raise kids in the digital age and internet can be really scary. Do you have any advice on how we can make sure that, you know, they're watching or playing anything harmful or dangerous? I think, well, I, you know, and I mentioned this to you, Lynn, even before we started recording, I am going through a bit of uh, analysis right now of my own intake when it comes to what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, Mm. what am I allowing into my life? That's something God's really been working with me on is, Sunny, what are the channels, if you will, that you're allowing to influence you? Where is it coming from? Where is the noise coming from? And I used to be of the mindset with kids that you should know about these different platforms or whatever and even have accounts on them so you can monitor your kids, whatever. I don't think I really subscribe to that anymore because I'm now going through this situation where I'm I'm literally getting off most social media sites because I just don't think it's good for me. God has really been working on me in that in the last six months. He's been revealing some stuff to me. And I'm really, you know, if if I really want to be true and I really want to be able, you know, to say God is influencing my decisions and it's not all these other sources, then I've got to cut out those other sources. So what I would say, my husband has this this idea that no, just forget about social media, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think you should have that kind of mindset. I think as parents, we do need to be aware, okay? But I I think this is something that you have to go to, uh, you know, to God with with prayer and petition on just to say, what is best for my family? I mean, give you an example. My yeah. both my boys have YouTube channels and they have they have YouTube channels to kind of post their gaming stuff and whatever. They haven't really used it in a while. And I'm very leery, you know, after creating the channels, I'm very mm-hmm. leery of letting them on because I feel like whenever they get on YouTube. YouTube is a constant battle in my house because mm-hmm. I need it for work purposes. And I actually, I listen to a ton of sermons online. I use it for different reasons, but my kids like to hop on there. And whenever they do, something comes out of their mm-hmm. mouth that I think is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah. where did they hear that? You know what I mean? I think parents always walk this line of just you know, you don't want to go overboard, but you yes. also you don't also don't want to shelter your kids so much that it's like that mm. they can't make decisions for themselves. I just go back to if we raise our children um to be followers of Christ and to truly believe what the Bible says, I still think that is the best starting point mm. here because they have to get to the point where they can make sound decisions on their own. Now, are they going to fail sometimes? Mm. Absolutely. There have been countless times in my life when I was on my own that I failed, that I did something really, really mm-hmm. stupid, mm-hmm. okay? But I had the basis to come yeah. back and go, what is wrong in my life? Oh, the Bible told me not to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why, right? So we can't shelter our kids so much. And it's hard to know what else is out there. I think media, most media out there right now is pretty yeah. much evil. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I'm I, I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. But the Bible tells us that the enemy is, uh, you know, the prince of the airwaves. God has allowed Satan to roam yeah. this earth. Mm-hmm. And he is in charge of the media. He truly is. If you really look at stuff that's being said in the mm-hmm. media, there's not nearly as much God stuff as, you know, stuff yeah. from the enemy. And so we have to come back to this being a spiritual battle. This is mm. a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible tells us, you know, we have to put on the armor of God. And when we do that, we can't tackle this stuff on our own. 
There's just mm. no way. We, we are no match for Satan. There's just, yep. we cannot do exactly. it. We are full of sin. We cannot do it. Mm. But if we come mm. back to having these spiritual weapons, which I think that's what it is, then I think we can trust God. I mean, if, if, if we truly believe the stuff in the Bible, I think we would parent a lot different, right? I agree. Yes. So, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just feel like parents put so much on themselves. Like, I've got to figure this mm-hmm. out and this social media and that uh, social media. And I think mm-hmm. God's saying, why do you got to figure that out? Why haven't you come back mm-hmm. to what, what I said? If you stay grounded in me, I will take care of that for mm-hmm. you. I just think that sometimes simplicity is, it's the best option, right? And it's the most sane option for you as a parent, especially when you have multiple kids. Nice. That's awesome. Now, well, thank you so much for your time today, Sunny. That's really <laughs> good. Welcome. If people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Especially now yeah. that you're leaving social media. <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. I, okay, real quick, funny story. I firmly believe in everybody owning their own domain, right? Their own yeah. domain. If you mm-hmm. can get your name, go out there and get it now. Before I named each of my kids, I made sure their domain names oh, were available. Really? Um, so you can, I did. It was part of my naming process. So you can find me at sunnygalt.com. It's S-U-N-N-Y-G-A-U-L-T. And any of the sites that I still am on, like I'm still going to be on YouTube, I'll make sure that I'll just link to everything on that site. But yeah, that's my home base. And you can email me through there. You can do whatever. Just go to (laughs) sunnygalt.com. Or I can just slack you. I'm just kidding. You can just slack me, which almost sounds like slap. So don't slap me, but you can slack me. That's great. All right. It's really a a wonderful time today, Sunny. It's great how we transition from working from home into talking more about our faith and, you know, share about it. I love it. That's really awesome. It's been more than a year since COVID hit, and now, here in the Philippines, we are once again on a lockdown. In times like these, many of us are anxious, worried about what the future holds. When we face uncertainties, know that there's a big God who is the God of the impossible. We don't know what the future holds, but He is there waiting for you to come back to Him. All it takes is a personal relationship with God. Believe in your heart that you are a sinner and that you need a Redeemer. And accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you want to do that now, pause this podcast and talk to Him in prayer. That's a wrap. I'm so glad I had the chance to talk to Sunny about working from home with kids. If you are a work-at-home mom, I hope you find that helpful as you work and take care of your family. 
Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sign up to my newsletter so you're notified of my next podcast at www.abovepreciousrubies.com or follow me via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and other channels. Today's Bible reading is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Be good shepherds of the flock God has put in your care. Do not care for the flock as if you were made to. Do not care for the flock for money, but do it because you want to. Do not be bosses over the people you lead. Live as you would like to have them live. <laughs>